You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. It is so good to be back. I'll tell you what, man, it's weird. You would think 300 and, oh, I'm sorry, 600 and some odd episodes or whatever, that this would be kind of exhausted. Man, that, that intro music gets me super jacked up. Like, I'm ready to go, man. It's kind of like your kid. You know, they always tell you when you have a baby that there's this, like, overwhelming emotional thing that happens. I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit let down when I had my first kid. It was awesome, but I was expecting, like, this feeling I've never had before. And, you know, I guess different, but it just wasn't what I thought. The thing is, though, over time, I can tell you with absolute certainty that I like my kids a little bit more now than when they were first born, right? You know, you kind of, you grow to like them a bit. I feel like that's this podcast. Like, it was, it was my baby at first, but now it's just like, dude, I dig this. Anyways, today is Sunday, so we're going to be talking about the rest of the NFL, which is a lot of fun. I do like to look outward once in a while. I like looking at the macro, talking about other teams a little bit more often. Got to talk to my grandfather out in Boston uh, yesterday, so we talked a little bit about the Patriots again. Come to find out, they currently still don't have a kicker. Didn't even know that. So that's pretty funny, but uh, that's what's on the agenda today. Obviously, you know the Packers are playing the Redskins. Get hyped up. Also, congratulations to the Badgers. I only saw the first half, but uh, since 2019 is choose-your-own reality, um, I I choose to believe that the Badgers won. And I'm not even going to check because it doesn't matter because in my reality, my truth is the Badgers won. If you even try to be a bigot and correct me, I will call the police. Congratulations to the Badgers. As for preliminaries, again, the only things that I'm trying to do right now... Why is megaphone not working? Probably don't need to say all this out loud, but it's okay. Except you're not going to get a podcast if I can't get this thing to work. Whatever. Numero uno. I have currently got, I believe, 297 iTunes reviews. I can't check because nothing is working today. So, awesome. So if you'd like to leave me a late birthday gift, possibly an early Christmas gift, leave me a five-star iTunes review if you appreciate the podcast. Thank you very mucho. Number two. Pinned to the top of the Packernet Facebook group is an advertisement for this podcast. If you do actually enjoy it, again, not asking you to lie, if you'd be so kind as to share that, whether it's to your friends and family, if you're like me and you have under 100 friends and and or family members, yeah, I said it, maybe post it in a Facebook group or something. You know, not your burner account that has uh, one fake friend. I mean, doesn't do me a whole lot of good. But, you know, you do you. I can't uh, really verify it. But if you wouldn't mind sharing that, what I'm going to do is enter you into a contest to win a free t-shirt. So share it. And basically, because I'm going to be picking somebody at random, the more times you share it, the more times you're entered. Because I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I'm just going to pick one. And if you're in there like 90 times, you're probably going to win. Just try not to be too spammy, all right? I don't want to be too picky about how you do it. I just, you know, it's a giveaway. But from my end, it's, it's just about trying to promote the podcast. So if we could all try to keep that in mind. Props to Joshua. He's all over it, man. He's got at least four going. Peter, Kyle, Mitchell, rocking it. So keep that going. Also, it should be noted that I've got advertisements running, so you're kind of in competition with advertisements. If I can pay Google the same amount of money as it's going to cost me to send you a t-shirt, 
or pay Facebook, I'm probably just going to pay Facebook. So, I mean, if it's even, we'll do the t-shirt thing, but you get what I'm saying. Lastly, there is a Packernet Podcast Facebook page. I know I haven't been doing much with it, but my whole effort and everything is going to be um, through that from not, I won't say from now on, but I've, I found a new thing that I really want to try to do as far as engagement. Somebody just did it to me through Messenger. They were like sending me this quiz and I was like picking yes or no. And I was like, dude, this is amazing. Why? I want to do this. So I'm going to learn how they did that. If you know, hit me up. I've kind of already started. You can go like the page right now and send me a message and it should automatically respond to you with stuff. So try that out. Just send me a message on my Facebook page, but go join it. Cause I think that's going to be fun. I want to start doing polls and games and stuff. I don't know exactly what I can do, but apparently you can do stuff through Messenger, and I want to try that out. Sound good? All right. I think we're, I think we're ready to rock. So let's rock a little bit hard and uh, try to get home safe in the morning. Hey, iTunes is working, and it's 296, and now I'm going to cry. Let's take a break. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Well, today is officially game day. Big shout out to everybody that's going to the game today. Make sure you send lots of pictures, share them up in the group so we can all get excited with you and live through you. Also excited to hear, I mean, I get messages all the time now because I don't know. You never know how things are going to work out, but I get messages from people all the time saying, yeah, I am going to go to the game. Thanks for the shout out and stuff. So not a shout out, but the, the advice, the encouragement, you know, go to the game. It's like, yeah, you know what? I will go to the game. It's working. People are responding. And to be completely honest, it's, it's not too late. It just feels like it might be, but I, I mean, there are people who specifically wait until game day. So if you live in the area or you're willing to commute, I mean, the ticket prices get real low, but you got to like move it now-ish. Because it's already tailgating time. In fact, by the time this even gets posted, because I slept in until 7, um, psh, I don't even know. But, again, Vivid Seats app, yank that bad boy out, check the ticket prices. I'm guessing they're starting to drop because people start getting desperate now. They got tickets, they're not going to use it. Just please take these things, give me something for it. So, again, if you're nearby, you probably already know this trick, but check it out. Otherwise, again, it's it's still a great Christmas gift. Find concerts, find events, find, I don't know, uh walking tour through the wilderness 1795 package extraordinaire cheese sampling thing if you think that doesn't sound fun then you know maybe work on your attitude but again you use vivid seats you get the 100 percent buyer guarantee you get the rewards for future purchases and of course if you're your first timer use promo code overtime get a little bit cash back up to 100 bucks but you know you gotta probably spend a decent amount for that 100 bucks but still there you go. So, man, I really hope I said this on the podcast earlier, but I probably didn't. I, I, I had said somewhere in my life, possibly to myself in my head, because basically this podcast never actually ends. I, I push pause here and upload it, but then it just keeps happening in my head 24 hours a day. This is why I started a podcast, because my life is a podcast. So I never know if I actually told you this or just was talking to myself. But apparently, according to NFL.com, whatever, um, Carolina is going to look to try to trade Cam Newton. I had said that this was probably going to happen. Again, to who, I don't know. The, the reason why it makes sense, as much as it seems crazy, is as soon as they fired their head coach, and it was always kind of iffy, but you kind of look at it, it's like, Cam is good enough. I mean, he's having a down year. I've never been a huge Cam fan, but he's clearly above average, and you could do a lot worse than Cam. But the attitude issues, 
the cost issues, injury issues. He's now 30 years old, and his contract expires in after the 2020 season, which it actually kind of makes sense to move him now because at the very least you get him for what it could just be a one-year rental of Cam Newton for $20 million. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. His cap number is $21 million. And so that, that makes a lot of sense. And because he's so cheap and because he's still Cam Newton, and he's a guy that, you know, depending on if he's up and down and where, where he's at emotionally or whatever the situation may be, which makes it pretty volatile because a guy that just got traded, I mean, maybe you could play the chip on his shoulder route and say he's going to tear up the league or he's going to play the pouty game, which my experience with Cam Newton is when things are going really well, he does really well. When things are going poorly, he pouts and does really poorly, and getting traded is kind of like a pouty thing, not so much a things-are-going-awesome thing. But whatever. I don't know. What do I know? Not things, that's for sure. But no question, especially given the the, the scheme, possibly, that we're dealing with, uh, just the right team for $20 million. And then, you know, if it works out, obviously you have no problem paying the guy. But from, from Carolina's standpoint, it makes sense, because you're firing your coach. And, and just as, as a general practice, it's always a... A pretty good idea to try to pair your new head coach with a quarterback kind of of his choosing. That seems to be the trend in the NFL. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, obviously, when you're the Packers, you're not going to do that because your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. But it, anyways, it was it was a thought that crossed my mind, and it's a very interesting dynamic going forward that it looks like Carolina is going to go that way. They're, they're looking for a completely fresh start. Um, that's another team that I would say like Dallas is underperforming based on the talent they have because you look at how 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 good they've been in the past, especially defensively and whatnot, even, you know, I don't know, won't get specific, but you just, you kind of expect better from the defense, and, and, you know, obviously you got Christian McCaffrey, and you have what you thought was a great quarterback, and you, for the first time ever, have wide receivers, and we just can't make this thing work, so you got your wide receivers, you've got one of the most talented backs in football, you've got, you know, Luke Keekley and some really key pieces on defense, get you a, a, a head coach and a new quarterback, I think it makes sense. It's a, it's a real bold and risky thing, and I'm sure they're not going to do it for nothing. They're, they're going to expect some serious compensation for a, uh, you know, uh, again, a above average quarterback, a, a top, what would you say, top 15, probably? It's hard to say. There's been so many fluctuations. I'm thinking three years ago he was top 15. I, you know, his play has decreased, but also there's a bunch of young garbage quarterbacks in the NFL now, so I don't know. I would say he's a top half quarterback for sure, and it's a it's a $20 million deal, so, I, you know, big compensation for this. And no, I doubt anyone's asking, but if you are, Packers should not take a swing at Cam Newton. No, never, ever. No offense to Cam Newton, it's just dumb. What do we need a backup? Cam Newton as a backup, and we're going to give up what? A first round and a third round pick for the guy? Anyways, obviously this isn't Packers content, but that's kind of what Sunday's about. It's about talking about the NFL. And, and again, the, the good thing about that is what we're talking about is football philosophy. That's why I like Sundays, because Sunday is sort of football philosophy day. And it all comes back to the Packers, because all this stuff kind of, you know, there may come a time when this is kind of relevant. You know, toward the end of, of Aaron Rodgers' career, what are we looking for? What are we going to do? There's a lot of talk now about if Tua falls, would the Packers take him? You know, he I think it was a PFF mock or something. They had the Packers taking Tua. And obviously that's going to cause a huge rift. Like the, the people that are like, yeah, get Tua because Tua's really good. And, you know, people are seeing him as the number one overall pick. And then the odds of the Packers getting that, it just gets people excited. Other people see that as a slight against Aaron Rodgers and a wasted pick because he's not going to play. And it just causes a lot of tension. But it's it's fun to theorize. That's where I live in that realm. Let's see if the internet's working. Refresh. Oh, oh, we got a white screen, but uh, that's it. So no, we don't have internet. I will be doing a lot of this through my phone, and if I can't upload a podcast, I'm going to punch everything. All right, so I mean, we we can start with Packers-Redskins because, I mean, whatever. 
We spent the last two days talking about it. Obviously, we need the Packers to win. It's at home. Uh, don't expect this to be super easy, but kind of easy. I would say it's very similar to what we had with the Jets. They have just way too many deficiencies, and the only way the Packers lose is if they completely implode, which when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers in December and the Packers at home in general, typically that's not how that goes. The Packers tend to implode when they face good teams, especially really good defenses, that get them out of their game, right? Because when Aaron Rodgers gets flustered, the offense kind of gets derailed, and that's when things just kind of start a downward spiral. Typically, and it's not impossible, we see this from week to week with different teams, and we've seen the Packers do this on occasion, not, I don't know, I'm not going to say not in a while because I'm sure it happened last year. I mean, we lost to the Redskins last year, so there was that. But, um, you know, th- this doesn't really follow the pattern of a game that I would expect the Packers to lose. Now, they might disappoint us a little bit by giving up more points than we had thought or keeping the game closer than we thought so that Packers fans end up pouting about whatever. But we need a W, and we're going to get a W, and that's where I'm going to leave that. Lions and Vikings, we are all massive Lions fans today. Uh, The only real negative about the Lions winning, which I don't think they will, would be the fact that now I'm kind of scared of the Lions, you know. But at the same time, what are you scared of? Because even if you lose to the Lions, it's fine. You could lose to the Vikings and the Lions, and it's fine because the Lions beat the Vikings. So Lions fans, whoop, whoop. Broncos and Texans doesn't really matter. The the only reason I would really root for the Broncos is this is is kind of the – I guess it's always been this way. I I always want the team with the bigger record to lose because it just makes the Packers seem bigger and and more powerful. And and you just don't want to believe that the Packers have a good record, but they're just on a lower tier than everybody. And if you start seeing teams like the Texans, although they, I I think the Texans are kind of on the Packers tier where they have a good record, but they're, they're not really 49ers, Saints. And I know they've beaten some powerhouse teams, but I I just don't see them on that level. But uh, yep, I guess go Broncos there. Bills-Ravens, I've been saying for a while I don't believe in the Bills necessarily, but I think this is going to be a good game. They do have a really good defense, um, and I, I just really want to see the Ravens start losing because they are, I mean, they're, they're the hot team right now. And with Lamar Jackson being sort of this extra component, they, they have that piece that nobody else has. It makes them scarier than anybody else. For them to have a defense that's as good as it is, and to have a potent offense, and to have a quarterback that can beat you so thoroughly with his legs. I mean, there, there literally has never been a guy like this, in my opinion, since Michael Vick, who just, you know, he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, and that's why I compared him to Michael Vick, because it, it wasn't just, here's a dude that runs fast. I mean, that's kind of a lazy thing, but it's fair, I guess, to some degree. But I've never seen a guy throw a football like that since Michael Vick. And, and what I mean by that is he flicks his wrist and this thing just sails. I mean, and Brett Favre, he had a cannon of an arm, but he put every inch of his body into that to the point where it looked like he dislocated his shoulder on every single throw. This guy just flicks his wrist. And by the way, I think he's a lefty like Michael Vick. Not positive, but I'm pretty sure. Cause, so again, you watch the guy play and he flicks his wrist, le- wrist lefty and it sails 50 yards and he can run like a close to a 4-2 for crying out loud. Any comp that isn't Michael Vick, you're just lying, trying to be more creative than you need to be. He, he is the reincarnation of Michael Vick. The question is, is somebody going to figure out how to stop him? And this would be a good week to try to figure that out. You know, you, you look at the 49ers last week. Again, Michael Vick had a good, or Michael, see, there we go. That's how it starts. Lamar Jackson had a good week with his legs. He didn't throw for nothing. He threw for less yards than Aaron Rodgers did against the 49ers. So, you know, it certainly was not a perfect quarterback game. And if the Bills can kind of replicate that and at least learn how to stop uh, Lamar Jackson, that would be a good step in the right direction. Because again, if I wasn't a Packers fan and if I were just out of, um, you know, fandom, the Bills and Ravens would be 
my probably top two teams, and I guess NFC team would probably, I don't know, if I mean, if it's not the Packers, it'd probably be the Saints, just because I feel like they, they earned one, they deserve one. I don't know, I'm just just saying. But I'm definitely rooting for the Bills. And, and as far as AFC teams, and, and it's kind of hard to say, which one would you rather face in the in the Super Bowl if the Packers got there? Seems to be the Bills would be the easy answer, but they their defense is exactly the kind of defense that's going to de- – I mean, they're, they're closer to the 49ers than the Ravens are. Offense is just kind of meh, but a defense is just going to be in your face all day long. I don't know, man. But I am if, – if I, I, I think I've said this before. If I had to pick a second favorite team, it would be the Bills, and I want so badly for the Bills to win that division and just beat the Patriots and just so many reasons I want the Bills to win this game. Bengals-Browns, I want the Bengals to win – because I'm kind of spiteful that way. Everyone was talking about the Browns. I, I don't even know why I don't like the Browns. I was I, I I used to kind of like the Browns just because they were so bad. It's like, man, just let them win one. And then they had like one year, and I think it's just because they got so cocky. And it was just like, they, you know, they went from this poor little humble, like, we can do it. You know, I know we can't, but I'm still there to root for you, and it's going to be great. And it's like, man, let's just give them one. And then they get like, you know, they got their quarterback, and they got Odell, and everyone's like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And look at them now, 5-7, and seven, and I don't know if they're going to beat the Bengals or not. And I, I should just feel sadness for um, for Browns fans. I just don't. It's just not there. I don't. I have no idea why I don't like them. I don't dislike Baker. I mean, I've, I've always disliked the dislike of Baker because it's like, dude, the guy just he gets jacked up about stuff, whatever, and I liked him in college. But for some reason, I don't super like him anymore. I don't know what it is about that team. It just it super turned me off to him. Something about this year. You know, Miles Garrett, Baker, Odell is just not a very likable guy. Maybe it was the uh, being on TV last year. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to save that one because that's unbelievably important. Pa- Panthers, Falcons. I want the Panthers to win because I need the Panthers to be good because the Panthers can play spoiler, although the Saint, the Falcons can too. These two teams need to find some kind of heart and soul here. But, you know, Cam, you just found out you're about to get shipped off. Let's let's put on a show for the people, man. So I really want the Panthers because they're, they're going to be playing. I don't remember exactly. I know they're playing the Saints. Saints and the, uh, the Seahawks they're playing, and those would be important games to win. The Falcons, on the other hand, play the 49ers. So that also is kind of important. But I, I kind of believe in the Panthers a little bit more. Not anymore. I think they're completely about to fall apart. But just, come on, one one more little run here. Dolphins-Jets, I'd like to find a way to care about that game. I just don't. Colts-Buccaneers, exact same situation. I really just don't care. Chargers-Jaguars, I mean, who cares? It, Chargers just, I, I, I want the Chargers to dissolve. I, I, I have disdain for that team. That roster, every single year is a good roster, and every single year they're a garbage team. Last year was the first year they actually met their potential. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a good running back. They've got a good wide receiver. They've got really good pass rushers. They have so many things, and they're 4-8. and eight. I mean, look, yeah, the Packers imploded against the Chargers, but that's their upside. That's how good they can be. They just, they're just trash all the time. I just, I'm done with it, dude. Just get, go away. What a waste of a bunch of talent. Steelers, Cardinals, I don't really care. Just don't like the Steelers. Maybe I'm just in a bad mood today. I just look at all these teams and I'm like, I don't like you. I think I just don't respect where they're at right now. They're kind of in this weird limbo zone. And that's why I think I kind of like, you know, there's there's good teams and then there's teams that need to embrace a teardown. And I really like teams like the, the Panthers. I like that. Yeah, dude, get rid of the coach. Get rid of Cam. Let's clean this bad boy up. I don't like teams that just like sit in their own filth. They're like, we're fine. We'll 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 find a way to patch this up here. 
No, you won't. You, you're not going to patch it. Tear it down and build it. Don't be a coward. What, what do you do? You don't have a quarterback. You got nothing. You had this whole big mess with A.B. and Le'Veon, and they're gone now, and you just you don't have a team. You don't have an identity. It's all chaos and embarrassing, and just fix that. Titans Raiders, I do respect the Raiders. Again, I know they've gotten beaten up on. I don't expect much this year, but you got to understand this is one of the worst rosters in football. I mean, just it's just pathetic how bad this roster is, and they're 6-6. Six and six. They have nothing. They, they have a mediocre at best quarterback. They don't have wide receivers. Their offensive line is mediocre. They have a very good running back. Uh, I don't think they have a tight end, really. I mean, kind of. They got that one guy they gave an extension to who's having a good year, so I guess you could say him. Defense, they don't have pass rushers, defensive line. They have nothing. They have nothing. And they're 6-6. Six and six. Mad respect. And I would definitely be on the lookout for them because if they keep building through the draft and actually get some talent, we're all in trouble. Chiefs, Patriots, go Chiefs. Um, not a huge fan of the Chiefs, but I think that they're on their way down anyways. I think they're on a, a slow decline. They're already worse than they were last year. They're not going to get any better because the guy that built the team, I know Andy Reid is a great coach, but the guy that built that team is now over in Cleveland. So all those great draft picks, that flurry of good draft picks that happens, that's cool, and it can set you up for success. We saw Seattle and a few other teams who have that one good draft that set you up for success, especially if one of the pieces is a quarterback. But uh, from there on, if you don't keep adding pieces through free agency in the draft, it's nothing but a just slow bleed. And as far as the Patriots, you know, I, I'm, I'm very ready. It, it's actually a really weird thing how bad they are at the end of the year because that never happens. They're bad at the beginning of the year, and then they just get better and better and better and unbeatable, and now they're really struggling. I know they're 10-2. and two. Like, what are you talking about struggling? They're 10-2. and two. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, they're Look at the stats of Tom Brady. They're not good. Tom Brady is not performing well right now. The team is just not doing very They're beating up on garbage teams. But, I mean, they just lost to the Texans. They almost lost to the Cowboys. Um, you know, this is a team that was scoring a billion points. Their offense just can't do anything. They scored uh, 22 against the Patriots and lost, 13 against the Cowboys, 17 against the Eagles and barely beat them. They lost to the Ravens, got trounced by the Ravens, 37-20. to 20. They only scored 20 points. You know, they, they beat the Browns convincingly, but it's the Browns. But, I mean, the last four weeks, they have the highest scoring game they've had in the last four weeks is 22 points. That's not going to cut it against the Chiefs. Now, they're going to need and probably will get a lot more than 22 points because it's the Chiefs' defense, which is just abysmal. But uh, the offense is going to have to try to find a way to keep pace with the Chiefs. And, you know, the defense for the Patriots is pretty solid, but they also gave up 37 to the Ravens. So we'll see. Go Chiefs. Seahawks, Rams, absolutely rooting for the Rams um, for two reasons. Number one, the Seahawks are in competition with the Packers as far as uh, getting a spot. Now, the Saints are much more important, but we'll get to that. But, you know, Seahawks, 49ers, Saints, big-time competition. We want them to lose as much as possible. Secondly, there is this weird outside chance that the... Ooh, NFL.com's working now. Hello, Internet. There's this weird outside chance that if the Vikings lose enough games and the Rams continue to win enough games, that the Vikings are just completely out of the playoffs. And I very much want that. So absolutely huge Rams fans today. And then Giants-Eagles, I mean, I guess I want the Giants to win just because I want the a the NFC East to just be the worst thing that has ever been in history. And they already are pretty bad. I mean, we're <laughs> it's very likely that the worst wildcard team in history, there's, there's nobody with a winning record. The Cowboys are going to get into the playoffs, and right now they're 6-7. and seven. If the Eagles win, you've got two 6-7 and seven teams right now trying to win a playoff spot. That's unbelievable. The weird thing is that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make at least a little bit of a push. They could, they could, they're going to get in, 
everyone's going to make fun of them, and there's a good chance they at least win the wild card. I mean, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, really, if it's Eagles-Packers, are we going to say, you shouldn't be in the playoffs, you don't belong with the Packers? They just beat the Packers already, and they're, you know, it's going to be in Lambeau, but they beat us in Lambeau, so I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. But all right, let's let's get to the most important game outside of the Packers and the Washington Redskins. The San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints noon game. So by 3 o'clock today, we're going to have a lot of answers. And there's, there's a potential that a lot of really, really good things are happening. The Vikings and Lions are also at 1 o'clock. But he, I, I mentioned this before, but if the 49ers beat the Saints, which is entirely possible, the Packers now control their destiny to a playoff bye. They just need to win out. Because if the Saints lose today and the Packers win out, they will be the number two seed, possibly number one if a bunch of crazy stuff happens between the 49ers and the uh, Seahawks, which is pretty unlikely because the 49ers won against the Saints and they would have to lose a bunch of games. I think they'd have to win or lose two additional to be lower than the Packers. But then even if they lose two, there's the Seahawks would probably take their spot, so they would have to lose a bunch. So it's it's unlikely. But here's the deal. Saints lose, Packers win out. They get a they get a buy. They control their own destiny. So as much as we need the Packers to win, we absolutely need the um, the 49ers to win. Beyond that, the next most important game is for the Rams to beat the Seattle Seahawks. That helps us to maybe get a little closer to a first round buy. Again, if by some flukish chance the um, the San Francisco 49ers lose like two games in the final three games, which is pretty unlikely, but whatever. Also, a loss from the Vikings and I. Whatever. A loss from the Vikings and a win from the Rams would mean that the Rams and the Vikings are both eight and five. Again, I don't expect that, but of course anything is possible. Adam Thielen is doubtful in this game, which is obviously going to help in some capacity. However, Matt Stafford is still out. Deshaun Hand is out. Austin Bryant, nobody cares. That guy should never have been drafted. So we'll see. Again, focus our energies on two things. Packers need to win, 49ers need to win. Boom, end of story. Bonus you know, Saints and Vikings lose. Worst day ever, I'm going to quit. Redskins, Saints, Vikings, and Seahawks win. Then it just becomes complete panic mode. And um, I don't know. We all go hide and crawl into a corner somewhere. I, I don't I don't really know what we do in that situation. But I don't think it's going to happen. Anyways, I got a little bit of a limited schedule. Why don't we take a break? I'll answer a couple things in the Facebook group and uh, we'll call it a day. Go pack, go kind of thing. You know how it is. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so uh, numero uno. First of all, Ben, thanks a lot, uh, by the way, for the Vivid Seats shout-out. 
Ben's going to be going to the game using the promo code OVERTIME. It says it's his first Packer game, so hopefully you enjoy that again. Remember to hit us up with some pictures and videos. Don't be afraid to even go live in, uh, in the group, man. Let us know what's up. Show us uh, seats and all that kind of stuff. You know we got your back. Also, the stock market game. Make sure you get them in. Get in the group and leave your comments before the game starts, before noon. That will be the official cutoff for obvious reasons. I also am going to need to do that. I haven't even really looked at it. But, uh, it's a, I mean, this is going to be the best week for the rest of the year to make a bunch of money. Probably. I don't know. So I'll make sure you do that. Nathan says, is it crazy to think about MVS at punt and kick return? Um, well, let's remember, MVS has done kick returns. I'm actually shocked. I thought he had done it a bunch, but I just looked, and uh, apparently it was only one week. He must have been doing it a bunch in uh, preseason. But, yeah, I, I don't think that's a terrible uh, fit. Apparently, week one last year against Chicago, he had one kick return for 21 yards, which isn't super great. But, I mean, the, the biggest thing with MVS is he's got blazing blazing straight line speed. I think the biggest problem was, you know, if he's running, he doesn't have a lot of lateral agility. So somebody's coming, he's not really going to turn and run a different direction. But he can run in a straight line pretty fast and probably do better than what we've been doing all this year. Punt returns, I don't think that's a very good idea because that's very much shiftiness. You know, you're looking for a Jair Alexander kind of guy. Darnell Savage would be another option. Um, unfortunately, we don't want to get those guys hurt. And, um, I mean, I get it, but I also just wish we would expend resources that actually could do that job really, really well because it is extremely important. I mean, if you don't want to risk Jair, fine, but, I mean, come on. Could we just – how often does a punt returner actually get hurt? I mean, compared to just a safety or a corner. I mean, I think playing corner, guys get hurt a lot more than punt returner. I know it's violent and everything, but I don't remember a punt returner getting laid out and he just doesn't get up. We act like it's just, it's an automatic, like, just dead zone. When, I'm, I don't remember a punt or kick returner getting hurt, ever. Not this year. Any game, on either team, anywhere, ever. Guys get hurt 24 hours a day, every other place. Somebody's laying on the ground, writhing in pain. Not one time do I remember a punter kick returner just getting completely jacked up and can't play anymore. Why can't we take Darnell Savage and let him be a punt returner? I don't know. Whatever. Just just saying. But yeah, MVS, a kick returner, I don't think that's crazy at all, especially, you know, given the same context, especially considering we're not using him at wide receiver anyways. Why not? So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we got the new guy, and if we want to try the new guy, fine. But I have zero problem just saying, MVS, dude, you're doing kick returns. That's it. You know? And then, yeah, you stay on the field and you can run a couple routes, but... uh you're, you're you're fast, so try to get a breakaway in there somewhere. I don't know. But yeah, he has done it before. I, and I know he's done several, so it must have been the preseason he was doing it a lot. But he did do one game against Chicago in the regular season in 2018. Gary says when the epitaph for the Green, uh, 2019 Green Bay Packers campaign is written, it will be said that the missing piece was someone with the skill set akin to Randall Cobb. Change my mind. Yeah. Yes and no. We need a slot receiver. I mean, we need another receiver. A slot receiver would be huge, and I, I 100% agree. But I also acknowledge that Randall Cobb has been declining rapidly in terms of his skill set. He hasn't been a very good wide receiver in like four years. And I know he's still really young, but I mean, it just it just went downhill fast. And I know you said someone liked the skill set of Randall Cobb, but I, I feel like there's a hint of we shouldn't have got rid of him in there. And yeah, I think we're a better team, but you also have to take cost into account. And I think, you know, cost-benefit of Randall Cobb specifically is problematic. But yes, do we need a slot receiver? 100%. If we get a slot receiver in the first round of the draft, am I going to be super jacked up? You better believe I am. Now, you know, and another reason people are saying this is because Randall Cobb is actually having a pretty good year for Dallas this year. Um, the last time he had a year like this was in 2016. 
So I don't know. Maybe it was just a couple down years. I mean, two years ago, you didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Last year, it was a bad year. So maybe we could have just hung on to him. But I don't know. The team saw it and said that he just isn't the same guy anymore. So we moved on. Maybe it wasn't a bad decision. I don't know. Also, to be more specific, if you look at his overall grade, it's a it's, it's 71. So it's good. However, on a week-by-week basis, he's really had four good games, and that's it. Week 1, Week 3, Week 10, and Week 11. He's had six games that were average, including the last three weeks in a row, and he's had two games below average. So mostly average to below average with four good games mixed in. Overall, good grade, but, I mean, week to week, I mean, you could see these same numbers with with anybody. Maybe not as big of an overall grade, but four good games out of, of what, 13? MVS has pretty much done that. He's maybe got like two or something. Kumaro's probably got one. You know, showing up on occasion is cool, but who's going to be your your who's going to be that regular contributor? You look at Devontae, it's almost the opposite. In 13 games, maybe he'll have four where he wasn't very good. I'm not trying to trash Cobb, and I'm not in any way disagreeing. The Packers need better wide receivers, and a slot receiver I think is the most important, as weird as that sounds. Fine. Keep the Alan Lazards and the MVSs. You guys just love these big, giant monsters on the... Fine, whatever. Put those guys over there. We got to have a guy that can attack the middle of the field, whether it be a tight end or a slot guy or something. There has to be that thing that's available to the Green Bay Packers. So I guess, yes, I agree. Slight disagreement with the idea that we shouldn't have gotten rid of Randall Cobb, but wouldn't be that hard of a case to make that we should have kept him if that's where you're going with this. And I know that's not what you said, but I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth for those people that are very anti. We shouldn't have got rid of Randall Cobb, especially this time of the year. Just Just slightly defending the Packers on that one. But yeah, overall, agree. Now, to elaborate a little further, what could the Packers have done? There's not a ton of really good options. You know, Kyle mentioned that we should have gotten Amari Cooper. Looking at hindsight, we could have got Cooper instead of Gary, which would we have been super upset about that? Maybe not. I don't know if I'd go that far, but that's an option. You know, Dylan says we're looking for something better than Randall Cobb, which is true, and I think we can find something better than Randall Cobb in the draft. Will we as number two is number one, and number two is that doesn't really help us this year. So, you know. The, the post specifically is talking about 2019. But anyways, now we're going to move on. Uh, Dylan mentions Quintez Cephas. Obviously, he's somebody on the 2020 um, radar. Um, I have a more updated big board, not with me right now, but the, the last one I have on this computer had Quintez Cephas at about 212th overall. So potential late round, um, maybe even undrafted. We'll see where he ends up. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin is every, you know... Four out of every five posts is Dustin kind of just laying out a whole big thing about what the Packers... You should collect all of these, Dustin, and just like put it in some kind of a blog post so that we can kind of keep it all together because I can't keep track of all this. It's literally Dustin, 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 and it's just this whole big list of what should be done in the offseason. Obviously, I haven't read it because it is like an entire... I mean, it's it's for a blog post, it's a lot. It's... I don't know, but you should try that. You, you can get a, a blog for free and then just write it all in a post or something. I don't know. Anyways, I think that's enough. I gotta hurry up and try to get the uh, on this day in history up so we can get ready to go to this Christmas party and whatnot. Always my favorite thing of uh, December: the constant running hours away to Christmas parties, getting home later than I want so I don't have time to sleep before I have to do the podcast, and it's just it's great. I love it personally because that's what the season is really about, right? Stress, spending more money than you should because that's that's what it is now. Anyways. You folks, enjoy your day. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.